Chapter 5, Love Loves to Love. Odds are you don't know my wonderful wife, Debbie. As of the writing of this book, we have been married for 28 years. As of the reading of this book, we celebrate 35 years this week. And what you need to know about her is that Debbie is known for loving people. Everyone she comes in contact with, she loves. It doesn't matter if it is the checkout person at Kroger or the Vietnamese woman who is doing her nails or one of the mops mom to whom she is a mentor mom. Put her in church circles and she lights up even more. She teaches M&M Kids, which stands for Mission-Minded Kids, once a month using the M&M's candy. She loves those kids and they love her. And sure enough, just about every Sunday, whether she is teaching or not, women and children flock to her. Hi, Miss Debbie, they say, waiting to get a hug from her. We're talking about five-year-olds up to young teenagers. The moms want to be loved by her too. Being the driver, I have a long wait after church because Debbie has so many people who love her that it takes her quite a while (laughs) to talk to them and love on them as well. Debbie loves people. She loves loving others. Having seen this in her for 28 years, I have come to a simple conclusion. Love loves to love. This is what love loves to do. It is the fourth reason God created. Love perpetuates. When I was in eighth grade, I tried to make a perpetual motion machine. I did this by trying to align magnets in such a way that they would continually be moving, constantly reacting against the pull and the push of the other. I couldn't make it work, but learned a valuable lesson. (laughs) There's no such thing as perpetual motion. But there is something that is perpetual. Love. It was Peter Kreese's book, Three Philosophies of Life, which helped me understand this aspect of love. Love is synergistic. He writes, Love is perpetually reinforcing. The more we love, the more we are loved. The more we are loved, the more we love. There is no necessary limit to this process. Even human love is potentially infinite and divine love is actually infinite. There is no upper limit, no wall to love. And there is no drag, no gravity built into love. When love wears down, that is due to external friction, not internal friction. Love itself has no tendency to wear down. It only increases. Page 106 of Three Philosophies of Life. Most people who have fallen in love know how this works. As the man showers love on the woman, the woman responds back in love, which makes the man love her even more. The more he loves her, the more she responds in love. Hour after hour, day after day, month after month, it keeps building. We know the power of love in human terms because we're human and most of us have been in love at one point or another. We can relate. We have delighted in those moments, weeks or months of love before we found out that the other person had faults. Faults become the external friction that wears down love. Though love isn't perpetual among humans because of our faults. It is with God. We need to force ourselves to imagine how it applies to God, who isn't human, who has no faults, and who is love himself. Love in eternity past. To even begin to get a grasp on how this principle can apply to God, we need to remember that God was love in eternity past. This means that there has been an eternity in the past that existed before God put the first Adam together. If we can grasp that idea, and it is a big one, then we can ask a simple question. What was going on during that time in eternity past? 
A big part of the answer is seen in the idea that God is love and that God is three in one. Why are both together so key? Because God is three in one, God the Father loved God the Son, and God the Son loved God the Father, and God the Father loved the Spirit, and the Spirit also loved the Father. It also means that the Son loved the Spirit and the Spirit loved the Son. And what Christ's principle tells us is that this love was not static. As God the Father loved God the Son, the Son responded in an even deeper love, which caused the Father to love the Son even more. This caused the Son to love the Father even more, which caused the Father to love the Son even more. Their love also grew in their relationship to the Holy Spirit. Although God's love in the Trinity was always perfect, somehow it unexplainably got and gets richer, bigger, fuller. Yet the difference between God's love and a couple's love is in the area of friction. God's perfect love has no friction. God has no warts. He has no faults. He is not human. Because it is friction-free, this ever-spiraling upward Trinitarian love went on for an eternity past. It kept growing deeper while always being in infinite dimensions. We can't even imagine that much love. All along, it was always perfect. No wonder Paul wants us to know the height and the width and the depth of God's love. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18. Creating a love story. So what happens when there is so much love? I want to suggest that though God was completely satisfied in himself as the Trinity, being an infinite God with infinite love, he chose to create beings to share that perfect love. He did this because love loves to love. So God created a love story. It's a story that we call life. It's a story where he spoke so he could love unconditionally along with living out and showing off his glory. This is the fourth and possibly the most powerful reason. If you're at a point where you're feeling unloved, realize that's a lie. Even if your parents hate you and your friends have left you, God has not, no matter what you've done. He already had more than 7 billion people on this planet, but he said, nope, mm -mm, I want one more. I want this precious one. And so he created you. God loves you and always will. He created you to love on you. It's why you're here. You see, love loves to love. Rest in that. Now, we have a twofold understanding to that great question of why. Why did God create anything? The answer is like a railroad track with two rails. The first rail we discovered so far is in the fact that God wants to live out and show off his grace and mercy and many more aspects and characteristics of his glory forever and ever. Along with inanimate objects that show off his glory, he also chose to create a certain animate creation bound to sin just so he could show mercy and grace. Though these seem to contradict each other, they actually don't and we'll find out how soon. The second rail is the fact that God is love and because love loves to love, he created a creation, you, me, us, and billions of others in this world to love. And because he is infinite, he has an infinite amount of love for each of us, no matter how many times you cut up infinity, there is always an infinite amount of left. Infinity divided by 7 billion is infinite. He wanted a relationship with us. This is the second key reason he created. With regard to humans, he put the two together, bind them to sin, but give them the reward of the greatest joy ever imaginable. Shower his glory and love upon them. That's the most loving thing he could do. 
That is what God is up to.